Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Shtib and Zang Show. It is episode 45 in today's episode, Eric. Finally, news around the NHL that I've been waiting for for weeks, literally. Months, Jack, Ike months. months, actually. I stopped saying it at the end of the video because I got tired of it. I never thought yeah. it was going to happen. Jack Eichel is officially traded from the Buffalo Sabres to the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll break that down, uh, give our opinions. Uh, talk, uh, give some reactions to UFC 268 and uh, this upcoming Vegas fight this Saturday uh, between Max Holloway and Yar, Yar Rodriguez for the featherweight uh, number one spot title. Uh, but before we get into that, as always, um, this episode is brought to you by Hot Streak Fantasy, the best in-play fantasy app on the market. Pick two to three players in the MLB, uh, which is done now, Eric. Uh, so that would more make sense more for the NBA and NFL right now. Watch them uh, and your favorite teams make you some money. Hot Streak is matching your initial deposit as a bonus when you use promo code Hot Sauce. So get Hot Streak Fantasy app now. Quick, easy way to make uh, money when gambling with sports. Uh, I know that's a huge thing. So NFL, NBA is live now. So go make some money for that. But before we jump into the video, as always, roll it. Welcome back to the Shtim and Zang Show, episode 45. Eric, let's get into it. Jack Eichel, finally, uh, no longer a member of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I'm sorry if I sound a little congested there, too. Uh, had a little cold, I guess, this past week. Still trying to get over that, so my voice sounds a little different. Don't worry, though. I'm not dying. Um, Jack Eichel is now a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he has been traded. Uh, to Vegas and Buffalo in return, Eric. They get Peyton Krebs, a first-round pick, top 10 protected, uh, second-round pick, uh, and Alex Tuck. So uh, there's a lot of conditions to go by. Uh, Vegas gets a third-round conditional pick if um, uh, 2023 or 2024, depending on that first-round pick, if it's top 10 protected, if it's not top 10 protected, then, or if it's not in the top 10, Vegas or Buffalo gets that first pick. If it's in the top 10, then they get next year's pick with next year's second round pick. So it's just a year later. If it's in the top 10, uh, they get a 2022. No, sorry. If it's in the top 10, they get a 2023 first round pick and a 2024 uh, second round pick. And if it's uh, not in the top 10, they get that 2022 first rounder and the 2023 second rounder. Uh, but yeah, this was a, a big trade that happened. Uh, a lot of mixed feelings uh, around the NHL community, Eric. Uh, but let's give our opinions based off um, based off of what we know uh, with the injury and everything like that. So as we know, Jack Eichel is injured right now, seeking a disc replacement, artificial disc replacement surgery uh, for his neck. And uh, obviously, as we know, Buffalo didn't want him to get that because the NHLPA bargained their rights away in the CBA for teams to be able to control the medical aspect of a player. They get to decide what kind of surgery they want. It's kind of crazy if you think about it that that was in the CBA, uh, but it was. They bargained it away. And so that led to frustrations with Ico and the Sabres, and they just never gotten, never gotten on an agreement point. And then, of course, Buffalo seems like they're heading in this rebuild, yet they're kind of killing it this season early on. And Jack Eichel wanted none of it. He wants to win. So he asked for a trade finally. He wants the surgery he wants. And Eric, as you know, 
key, you know, big market free agents when they hit the market. Everyone, you know, was Vegas going to be in it jokingly because, you know, they want to win the cup. Well, you know, Vegas no longer joking. Uh, they actually want to win a Stanley Cup because when the team actually came uh, into the NHL, their owner, Bill Foley, said he wanted a Stanley Cup within six years. That was his mission. He wanted a Stanley Cup within six years. We were all like, that's kind of crazy expansion team. You know, you got to build your draft picks and your young talent. Well, George McPhee, obviously, he's getting paid for a reason. He's doing what his boss basically wants him to do. Eric, let me, uh, let me give you a little note here. Vegas has entered the league in 2017. They've had mm, five years now, first-round picks to pick from. In 2017, they had three, Cody Glass, Nick Suzuki, Eric Brandstrom, all gone. Uh, 2018, no pick in the Thomas Tatar trade. They traded away. 2019, Peyton Krebs, gone too. So 2020, Brendan Brisson, I guess, uh, could be on his way out of Vegas yeah. anytime soon. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they're not, they don't care right now about their, uh, long-term plan. They want to win the cup. They had, they traded all their first round picks. Now they trade Peyton Krebs. They get Jack Eichel who has five years left, $80 million contract, making $10 million a year. Uh, no retain of salary of any kind. So let's break this down. Um, a lot of people believe that the Buffalo Sabres got fleeced that they didn't get a, enough in return yeah. or, you know, Vegas fleeced them and they got the better player, clearly Jack Eichel, uh, and that it wasn't worth it. So let's break it down. Uh, as we know, Calgary was in the mix. Oh, we got to talk about yeah. that too. Calgary was in the mix. That was funny. Yeah. Kevin Weeks, who is um, a reporter for uh, NHL Network, I think, I believe. He was actually a former teammate of Kevin Adams in Carolina when they played for three years, Eric. He was a former teammate of the Buffalo GM, the now Buffalo GM. He took, he um, tweeted a report that Matthew Kachuk could be headed toward uh, to uh, Buffalo. He was involved in a deal. And then uh, the GMs, both Buffalo and Calgary's GM said, no, 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 that's not true. That's inaccurate. Well, it left some wondering, did Kevin Adams and Kevin Weeks conspire to make sure that uh, the asking price for Jack Eichel could be raised uh, for guys, for a team like Vegas, they would have to pay more if they knew Matthew Kachuk was in the mix. Exactly. So a lot of people are kind of, especially the flames, very angry at that, uh, obviously, because that was just totally inaccurate. And I do believe Kevin Weeks was kind of doing his boy a solid here and just threw that out. I don't know if Kevin Adams was in on it, but I do believe Kevin Weeks just out of for shit said Matthew Kachuk's involved. And Vegas was getting scared because because he is a reliable journalist. So yes, he, he's that's a surprise. So that's why a lot of people were like, "Damn!" Exactly. And so, uh, no, Matt Kachuk, Kachuk was not involved. But the Flames, Pierre LeBron on TSN uh, did say the Flames were actually very close in acquiring Jack Eichel, and some believe that he'd be a member uh, of the. Uh, some people from the Vegas Golden Knights believe that he'd be a member of the Calgary Flames. But no, uh, Vegas gets their guy. Okay, so let's break it down. Vegas yep. gets Jack Eichel. Five years, $80 million left. He's got $10 million AAV. They get a conditional third-round pick. Whatever, it doesn't matter. They're not stockpiling. They're probably going to trade that pick anyway. Um, so a lot of people were saying that, oh, the, the return, they could have got more picks. They could have got more picks. Buffalo could have got more picks yeah. from Vegas, whatever, if they retained salary because, you know, Buffalo was bad and they had the salary cap to do it. They just traded $10 million off their books uh, and now they have the salary. Well, here's the thing, which is weird that you look at how you look at it. 
if you want to retain salary, you know, the max you can do is 50%. So that's $5 million a year um, that you're retaining Jack Eichel's salary for the next five years, right? And uh, you, you know, who knows what kind of pick you could have gone back, you know, um, if it was another conditional first round pick or something like that, two second round, whatever. The thing about this is I really think Buffalo ex- believes they can win because I really I thought so. they, I really thought they were going to retain salary so they can get better draft picks, but clearly they're trying to build a winning team and they don't want Jack Eichel's salary to, to hurt their, their long-term plans or their future plans. Okay. Uh, for some reason, I guess Buffalo, th- even though they're having a nice start to the season, they kind of believe that they're building something there. And, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe. If, but if you really look at the bigger picture in the Atlantic with the tough teams, I don't see Buffalo kind of really pushing for the tops anytime soon. Like, they're good now. They're not going to make the playoffs. But um, I guess, in my eyes, Buffalo sees like they want to win now and they don't want to retain the salary, which is fair, I guess. Um, you know, if they have a successful team in the near future, I guess it would have worked out because $5 million a year uh, paying for Jack Eichel would have sucked. But I guess that's how they see it. So I guess that's how fans, you know, you got to realize that Buffalo sees it a different way than the fans see it. They want, they're seeing it as they, they're trying to win now, I guess, somehow. Even though, you don't know, put too much trust in Buffalo. They've been ruining their fr- – every even when they signed Taylor Hall, it was like, okay, they're going to win. Yeah. Blew that out. Like, yeah, they yeah. do have a lot of picks stacked up right now, though. They do they have do. a bunch of picks. They so. are stacking a bunch of picks up right now. And, um, well, and their goalie situation, which I'm f- curious about. Do they really believe Craig Anderson or I don't know who their goalie prospects are or anything like that? Well, they I've, have uh, they have Devin Levy that they traded in the Sam Hart Reinhardt trade, but he's still. Oh yeah, they got too. um yeah they he he is very young, um but there's no answer. Like hopefully he can develop and be their starting goaltender. I guess yeah. in the foreseeable future if they're expected mm-hmm. to win, because Craig Anderson's not your answer. That's maybe you know for the year Craig Anderson will do you well, but after that no you can't bring him on next year or whatever like that. He's uh pushing 40 something now right all right buffalo eric they get peyton krebs 17th overall pick in 2019 he's got one assist in 13 career nhl games right now they get a first round pick on top of that which is top 10 protect in 2022 because as we know vegas going through a bunch of injuries mark stone max pacioretty now jack eichel injured uh they're not off to a hot start in the season so obviously some precaution for the for George McPhee to make sure that you know if his team actually just shits the bed right now before those key players come back and they can't come back, then if they get a pick in the top ten, they'll keep it. I'm kind of surprised they were able to get a top ten protected pick, honestly, for a guy like Jack yeah. Eichel. But they did. It kind of I guess you you look at it as a hockey move because they're get this pick is effective of this year, right? It, it's mm-hmm. dependent on what how, where you finish this year. So I guess. Um, you know, in case they do suck, but I, I doubt it. Um, they get um, a second round pick, like I said, yeah. uh, either in 2023 or 2024. And then they get Alex, Alex Tuck, who um, is a New York native, Eric. Uh, he is from New York. He has five years left on his deal at $4.75 million. That's a great contract. That's someone I could see, you know, him sticking around in Buffalo because he's from New York. I could see him playing there for the rest of his contract. And he's a 20-something goal scorer, Alex Tuck, when healthy, at a less than $5 million pay cut, which is what you probably would have been paying Jack Eichel if you decide to retain salary. Um, Jack Eichel, $5 million would have been making more, or you're paying more for a guy who you're playing against than someone who's on your team, which would have been funny. 
Um, so yeah, that, that, that's basically um, the trait. Now, here's the thing, Eric. Here's the problem. Jack Eichel, injury timeline, four months, uh, his surgery. He's, he's most likely getting it done this week, he says. So that's, he'll be out for four months, which, what, it's November now? So December, January, February, March. So he's kind of coming back for the playoffs, maybe yeah, the playoffs. end of the regular season, or the play, start of the playoffs. Um, here's the problem now. There's no salary cap in the playoffs, as we know, with the Kucherov situation that we learned yeah. real quick. Here's the problem. Now, we could see, I, I really do believe Jack Eichel won't return. Um, okay, I'll break it down. Here's what's going to happen. They have Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, um, and others on injured reserve, long-term injured reserve, as we know, doesn't go against your cap. The cap situation right now in the NHL is set at 81.5. That's the limit. We can't go over that right now for this year. Vegas right now, Eric, with Everyone they have, doesn't matter about injuries, whatever, counting all the injured players' money, they're at $11 million over the cap currently. Yeah. Technically not because they're on long-term uh, injured reserve. But with those salaries, they are $11 million over the cap, which you can't play in the regular season if those guys come back. Mm-hmm. So now you gotta, now you got to make a trade, basically. Vegas is going, in my opinion, is going to have to trade someone. Uh, well, they will. They're, they're going to have to trade someone uh, to, to, to clear room. So you got guys like Riley Smith, who has been with Vegas since the start could be headed uh, on an, who could be on another team uh, at the trade deadline. He's, he's carrying a $5 million cap hit right now for this season. Dad enough, someone you could see getting trade, but I doubt it because he's signed for another year and he has a 10 team, no trade list. So nobody's going to probably want that contract for two years. Braden McNabb, Eric, 2.5 million. They currently have seven defensemen Vegas signed on their uh, roster. So Braden McNabb, 2.5 million. They could replace him. That's easy contract. Hopefully they can trade. And then um, for those who maybe are confused, Nolan Patrick, Zach Whitecloud are injured right now. They are on the IR. However, the IR is only meant to make room for someone to get called up. It has nothing to do with the cap. The cap still counts and everything like that. So we're not done. Vegas won't be done coming uh, near oh. the trade deadline. They're going to have to clear room. They're going to have yeah. to trade guys like Riley Smith. For sure, uh, because, you know, a bunch of their guys are locked up long term, like William Carlson. He's locked up. So, um, you know, I was looking around website stuff, you know, many moves and stuff. But basically, Riley Smith will be the big one, big name and probably Braden McNabb headed out of Vegas with I think they have two pros, two guys on their entry level deals right now. Uh, that are going to get sent down probably to save money. But yeah, they're, they're, they're riding on thin ice right now, basically. And so, yeah. Jack Eichel, know, Vegas. To be honest, like if you're Vegas, like that's a good trade. It, even yeah. if you have that caps, yo, you're getting Jack Eichel, who's probably a top five, top ten player in the NHL. Ninety goal, ninety point score, my man. Ninety point score. Like he's he's only twenty five years old, and all you had to give up was Alex Tuck, around fifty point guy, like twenty goals. Really good, player. Good, good player. Good player. The franchise, everyone loves him. It, it, tough loss, but whatever. And then Peyton Krebs was a very good uh, prospect. You, you can deal without him. And then a first-round pick, which is conditional and protected. So I don't know how they got away with that. And then a second-round yeah. pick, obviously. This like, was like, yeah, well, go ahead. And then I'll but it almost, like Remember when uh, Montreal traded Pacioretty? It was almost the same plus the first-round Like It's pretty yeah. similar, like Tatar. Basically, they got Tatar, which Vegas traded a first-round pick for. And they got Suzuki. Yeah. So basically, Vegas traded two first-round picks for Max Pacioretty and a second-round pick. Yeah, exactly. 
So, which is a uh, hefty, hefty toll, which looks great now for Montreal. I think they won that. But like, it's almost they gave up literally almost as much for Patrick than they did for Eichel. Which, like, yeah, I mean, I think people are now taking the Vegas Golden Knights here. Like, Bill Foley told us years ago in 2017 he wanted a Stanley Cup within six years, and we all overlooked that. But no, they were dead serious with trading all of their oh, yeah. future assets and getting guys like Mark Stone, who they traded their first round pick, Eric Brandstrom for. Uh, Cody Glass, they traded away. Nick Suzuki, they traded away. Uh, Peyton Krebs, they traded away. Now, here's the thing. Jack Eichel, like you said, went healthy. He's top 10 center in the league. Probably, uh, maybe top five. You can make the argument, but he's there in the top 10, secured for sure. Mm. So when he's healthy, top 10. As we know, Vegas, at, when they entered the league, the one thing they were missing was a first-line center. Right now, their first line center is Chandler Stevenson. It was Chandler Stevenson. Last, no, sorry. Right now, it's not Chandler Stevenson because everyone's injured. The last year in the playoffs when they faced Montreal, Chandler Stevenson was technically the bona fide first line center for them. So clearly, they needed a need for first line center, and they get that. And even if Jack, like, you know, people say, oh, the injury, the injury is too big, the, the risks, the risk. Even if Jack Eichel potentially, potentially, if the injury gets him one step back, you know, makes him that one step back kind of player. Jack Eichel's still an insane. He's still going to be your best oh, yeah. player on the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. So I, I, I like, as we know, her, the artificial disc replacement has never been done before in the NHL. Um, I don't know how successful it's been in other sports. Uh, so time will have to tell with this one. They wanted a fusion surgery Buffalo, which is very common, uh, which is just, I think they like it screws or something to connect the, uh, the, the vertebrae to, I, I, I listen, I'm no doctor. I looked it over. Basically, what Jack Eichel wants is they're going to take out his disc um, because that's the medical term here and somewhere in the neck. And they're going to put a uh, prosthetic one, a prosthetic implant in, uh, instead. Uh, that's going to like stop the motion and it's going to heal up apparently. So time will have to tell. But yeah, sorry. Um, listen, I love this trade by Vegas. Uh, yeah. They're on this timeline right now. They don't care about their future. They want the Stanley Cup. As we know, Vegas is this huge hockey market already in the NHL, and they have a bunch of fans already filling out the stadiums. Yeah. And it's one of those places, you know, they sign Petrangelo. It's going to be a free, it's going to be a free agency market place to go now. And so oh, yeah. obviously if they think they could, you know, sign players and free agency, then, and now they have a good team built, uh, championship caliber, caliber team now. They don't really care about the future and like who, like who does get, you already traded basically you traded four of your first, your four first round picks in your first two years, 2017, 2018, they had three in 2017 and then they traded their 20. So you trade four in two, uh, in two years, basically. And um, yeah, they get Jack Eichel. He's going to come in. He's coming to win now. Whereas Buffalo, they get Peyton Krebs. See, this is where it is with Buffalo. I, I'm, I'm like, uh, they, there's really no NHL team that was willing to offer a NHL roster player that's good. Like Payne Krebs is a young prosect, but he's unproven. Yeah. Bottom line is he's he's unproven player. He has one assist in 13 career games. We don't know what uh, how how he's gonna be. Someone like Matthew Kachuk, who wasn't involved, yeah. but technically, you know, that would have made more sense for me uh, oh, from for Buffalo sure. standpoint. But I guess you know if they didn't really really receive these offers. And Kevin Adams was saying this was the best trade at the time for them. Then, you know, I don't know if that's poor management and maybe De Jack Eichel should have be been dealt sooner and other guys would have been available. But I, I would have loved to see um, an NHL. I mean, they got Alex Tuck, who is a, a, an NHL roster player, but I would have loved to see a skilled 
NHL uh, right now player coming back the other way. Some guy like Matthew Kachuk. Uh, as we know, Carolina was actually third in the race. Uh, they are involved, sneakily, Carolina. Uh, but Seth Jarvis and I believe Martin Nachas, or yeah, Martin Nachas were involved in that trade. They didn't want to trade them. And Carolina shouldn't have to trade for Eichel. They got a good team right now, the yeah. way it's built. They don't want to screw their cap situation. So kudos to them for not pulling the trigger and trading their young prospects. So, um, yeah. Vegas now a Stanley Cup uh, contender. They do lose oh, yeah. a key piece in Alex Tuck, but uh, yeah, time will tell. This is definitely uh, definitely what we needed. Thank God it happened. I wanted to yeah. see Jack Eichel play, and uh, now he's finally out of Buffalo. So. I don't think people realize how good Jack Eichel actually. Like Jack Eichel is a super. Like now that he's on Vegas, he's gonna be able to show like how actually good he is because. He was getting like 90 points on Buffalo State. Imagine yep. if he's playing with like top talent on a good team. Well, let's just say like, this. He, 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 he hasn't gone 90 points, but he was on a pace or whatever. But he's, yeah. he's dealt with injuries and stuff like that. Exactly. But exactly. Yeah, he, he is a top 10 center, like we said. So, um, yeah, I would have loved to see someone else go the other way uh, for uh, Buffalo. I don't know how Sabres fans feel about this. Like, you know, Payne Krebs. 17 you know who knows what kind of player he's going to be i don't think he's going to be as good as jack eichel is going to be no chance in no, my no. opinion so I, that's why i wanted to see more insurance go the other way is it a bit that, underwhelming for buffalo yes it's a bit underwhelming i think in my opinion very that under, trade yeah, very but they had to get it done they needed to trade jack eichel because he was getting disgruntled and there it wasn't good for anyone for both parties if they weren't if they didn't get a trade done so i respect buffalo for pulling the trigger finally uh, and trading Jack Eichel away, I wish they would have done it. I wish they just would have planned this better. I wish they would have planned this better because at one point they were still fighting for Jack Eichel to stick around and they're still pushing for the fusion, uh, fusion surgery. And like I, at that point, you just got to let it go, man. The guy said, no, he clearly doesn't want to play for you anymore. And they just kept pushing, pushing for him to keep, uh, for him to stay. And maybe at that point, they should have just pulled the trigger and, you know, built a nice tray where they could have got some assets back instead this is the best they could have got at the time. So I think in Vegas's point of view, where they are right now in their franchise, it's a great trade because it's a championship team uh, that, you know, Jack Eichel is going to be on your team for five more years. You got Mark Stone on that team, Max Pacioretty. I know they're in their thirties. Uh, Robin Lehner's 29. They got an old aging team, especially on the decor, Petrangelo Martinez. They got Shea Theodore who's still locked yeah. up. So they still got a few years to contend here down the line. You know, uh, I don't know what their cup window is because they're going to lose guys like Riley Smith. Who knows who else they're going to have to trade away. But uh, they got a few years here to contend for that Stanley Cup with those 30 year olds still on the payroll. So I, I like to trade by Vegas, by, but Buffalo standpoint, just the way management handled the situation, underwhelming. I'd probably give it like uh, a C plus, maybe a B, something like yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, I, I do like this trade for Vegas. I mean, whenever you can get a guy like Jack Eichel, no matter what you give exactly. up, you're going yeah. like to like the trade because you're and getting they, a special they didn't give up like much. They didn't give up too much. Like, yeah, not in my opinion. Pro- yeah. Even though they have given up a lot already, yeah. considering this is, you know, if you don't look at their past and you look at this trade alone, it's not that much for a guy like for Jack Eichel. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see Jack Eichel when he comes back, if it's before the regular season because – if it is, then they're going to have to trade or make some moves. Or maybe they pull a Kutra there. Who knows? And, oh, they try and extend this thing towards the – oh, Jack Eichel's back. Oh, $10 million doesn't count towards the salary. We get to keep our guys. But 
they can't afford to, to, to wait for that because the trade deadline by then will pass. And that means if they didn't trade anyone, then if he comes back, it's not going to work. Like uh, they're going to have guys like Riley Smith who are still on payroll and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, I, in my opinion, they're not done. Someone's coming out of Vegas, a big player name like Riley Smith, in my opinion, is gone. He, I think he's gone. I think it's, he knows it uh, himself. I think he knows he won't be a Vegas Golden Knights by trade deadline around that time. And yeah, I think it's uh, reasonable to assume that. But yeah, we're going to have to wait for uh, Jack Eichel to come back, see what that team looks like. It's going to be excited for Vegas fans. Uh, going to be cup contending. Who knows what happens this year? I've, all been, I've always been a high on Vegas, Eric. Every year, I've almost taken Vegas to go to the cup final. Every year, I love that team. Uh, the way they're built and stuff like that, especially with Tuck on, it was a big, heavy, tall team that, you know, really punishes you, but not good enough to beat the Montreal Canadiens, obviously. <laughs> All right, Eric, let's go into UFC talk. Um, Eric, our reactions to UFC 268. My God, what a card. I mean, we what expected it. We yeah. got fed. We got spoon fed the card, Eric. It was amazing. Yeah. Um I mean, just some incredible fights, some prelim, uh, some prelim fights. Uh, yeah. Two, I had some crazy. Uh, uh, I forget what the guy's name. That heavyweight guy with the spinning Barnett. Yoke. Barnett. Barnett. Bar- I mean, that was uh, that was pretty. That was, uh, that was a crazy. That wasn't that like one of the first. Uh, that wasn't the first fight of the night. Anyway, I don't think no, so. It was, it was, it was early, very early on, though. It was. It was. Prelim, yeah. So yeah. and then um, you had the, uh, the 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 Conor McGregor version too. I forget Ian something. Uh, t- oh, talking about the takeover yeah. part two, but anyway, so, some some prospects for the future of the UFC we're looking at oh, yeah. there. But uh, let's talk about that main card. Starting off, my God, Chandler and Gaethje, Eric. I I think we both had Gaethje uh, on the podcast. We both yeah, took we him. Did. We did. Uh, we yeah, we knew this fight was gonna be fireworks, and I we knew the first round was gonna be fireworks. And my God, Eric, did it not disappoint? Oh my God, and did it ever yeah. deliver? Did you you believe like uh, I mean this was Gaethje and Chandler's game plan going in? They knew they were going for the first uh, spot in the lightweight, the number one ranking, and they knew they wanted an explosive first round. By the way, Chandler did take the first step back. I was watching. He took the first <laughs> step back, even though he was the one that put out the challenge right away. Gaethje threw a, a, a calf kick. Chandler knew he had to back up. So FYI, but um, Gaethje comes out with the win. Chandler calls out Conor McGregor. Uh, what's next for these two now? Gaethje's got to wait for the champ now, yeah. Oliver, Dustin to finish, and he's going to get the next title shot. Uh, Daniel Cormier saying, reverting back on his words of saying Makashev deserved it, now going and saying Justin Gaethje actually does yeah. deserve it, which, yeah, he does. I mean, th- th- that yeah. fight with Chandler. I mean, Eric, what'd you like? What, what, what do you expect now for these two guys moving forward? So, yeah, as you said, like incredible fight to begin with. Um, the whole there, I don't think there's a single moment where it was dull or like we we're like no, like yeah. the whole fight was entertaining. They didn't stop. So, but but everyone knew that was gonna happen. But it was actually surprising to see it like with your with our own eyes. You know, yeah. like pe- people say, oh, well, it's gonna be a huge war, and this was actually a war. Literally. And then these two, but these two fighters, they're gladiators, man. Like, like they're just like that. So with Chandler, his situation, obviously. He has two losses, but like two losses to very good fighters, yeah. right? So you can't. He's still in the top five, right? So that's why I don't know if you saw, but Connor, yeah, you Connor called him out, or he called or the, Connor out, or he called he very respectful, and we don't know very, if that means Connor's gonna, you know, if they actually do fight out, Connor's gonna become an asshole again, like he usually does. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. 
we'll see. Yeah, those two exactly. want to fight. But yeah, that would be a very good fight, very good matchup. Um, because other than that, like Chandler, because he already fought Dan Hooker, beat him up, and I don't think Chandler wants to go with that. Like, because right now Chandler, like, he has a lot of hype. You know, coming yeah. out of this fight, even though yeah. he lost, he yeah. showed very good display of his abilities and everything. So, like, he'll be looking for someone like Benel Dariush or like a Tony Ferguson. I think Benel Dariush would be a good fight for him. Like, if Benel can get past. Michael Chandler, then he, he can, you know, but Michael Chandler, you know, yeah, get past Benel Darius. So I think that would be a very good fight. Or he could even fight someone like, yeah, Tony Ferguson or Conor McGregor. And then mm. on the other side, Justin Gaethje. What's up, Shane? Go on. No, I was going to say, like, Chandler's being smart right now. He's lining up yeah. his potential next fights. And, it, you know, exactly. if he has uh, Darius coming up, if that's his next fight, whatever, or if it's Conor the next fight, he'll have some elite fights exactly. coming up which even though he knows if he wins or loses will still keep him relevant i think exactly uh, if exactly. he puts on a show like he did against gaichi yeah but yeah justin gaichi yeah first uh first spot right now i think so yeah he has a first spot um dana like he kind of alluded to like so coming into this fight it was like if gaichi wins he'll get the title fight if chandler wins he's got to wait a bit but it's just because gaichi obviously he lost to he lost to khabib right everyone knows how good khabib is like so that's why it's like give Gaethje the title fight again because realistically Gaethje could have had the title fight um instead of it could have been it should have been uh Gaethje versus Oliveira but I, I don't know what happened there I don't know why Chandler got the fight but it should have been Gaethje fighting there yeah. and a lot of people do believe that Gaethje would be Ch- uh Oliveira so that's why they're like give Gaethje the next fight and then uh Chandler now uh even if you won I don't think Chandler was gonna get the title but now that Gaethje won I think you put him to the side wait for that fight and then he he'll fight the winner and then um as we said Chandler and then but Islam in here it, it's kind of tough cuz i could see Chandler fighting Islam realistically that would yeah if, if Islam can beat Chandler you could you could really but i don't know if Chandler would want to take that fight you know cuz there, there's not it's, it's not That's, like yeah i don't like i'd be scared if i was Chandler to go against Islam exactly. and get embarrassed in the first round or something if yeah, he gets yeah. you to the ground that would ruin your hype completely that's why no one's calling out islam right now you know exactly. even though islam just come off a of submission dominant win versus dan hooker yeah. nobody wants to fight this guy no right nobody because and then you have like gage gage does like he doesn't have to look islam's way like no. he can, he's good and yeah. the thing is i don't think banel's gonna fight islam just because they have the same manager and ali Okay. So I don't think they, they, they'd fight each other. It would be a good fight, but I don't think... They, so that's why Islam's in a tough position because it's, it's hard for him to get fights, right? Because either people are too scared of him and, like, if he... Because he, he 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 could fight the, for the title, realistically. He could beat anyone in the division, you know? Yeah. So that's why... But he does need one fight before fighting for the title. That's, that's, that's like, a guarantee. Like, he needs one more fight. Um, so we're just very... We're just going to have to wait now for Gaethje. Who exactly. knows? That's going to be a long time before he fights now because December yeah. and then, you know, he's probably going to take a, f- a lot of months off. And exactly. so, uh, yeah, um, one fight, oh, disappointed. The one fight that ruined <laughs> our parlay, even though our parlay was going to get ruined uh, yeah. because that's betting. Frankie Edgar, uh, Eric, has been, I think, sent into the abyss, into the bantamweight abyss yeah. now with that loss versus Marlon Vera. Uh, Marlon Vera stays relevant yeah. as Frankie Edgar, the four-year-old. Unfortunately, he looked good. He looks good. good. Yeah. Uh, I really did believe if he got a t- takedown in that round five, he could have come out with the, uh, the split decision win. But he wasn't shooting for those takedowns when we were yelling for him to shoot for those takedowns. Yeah. When there was like two minutes left, I was like, take him down, take him down. But uh, no, my very front <laughs> kicks him right in the face. And 
obviously you saw the legs we were calling early stoppage which was funny uh yeah. you know because we were we mad. knew yeah yeah but uh if you look back on it yeah he gets kicked and his legs completely just go and out and do so you see his, do you see the picture yeah. of his face like all like and you obviously you don't want to see marlon Barrett jump on him and just start wailing in the head so yeah, it was a good, it was a good sure. stop by the ref yeah, yeah uh, now sure. that i look back on it not an early stoppage so no, unfortunately no. uh yeah not much to say about that but uh not much to talk about for frankie edgar i don't think uh i think it might be done for him uh yeah. but marlon vera uh, now yeah. with his win over Frankie Edgar, uh, Edgar, I don't know who he'd be looking to fight next, uh, or anything like that. Yeah, he can definitely fight like a top 10, top five guy. Cause don't forget he beats Frank. He beat Frankie Edgar. He lost to Jose Aldo, which is kind of tough, but he beat Sh- Sugar Sean O'Malley too. So Marlon Vera is starting to become that big name. And if you look at the way, like his aura about Marlon Vera, like if you watch him, he's pretty badass when he fights. Like, yeah, he, 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 he looks tall. Like he, he looks just, he just looks badass. Pointing the middle finger at Frankie Edgar. Found it funny because, like, when he was pointing the middle finger, I was like, hey, take off. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sport where people literally try and kill each other. You're not yeah, going to take off a point. Yeah, for... somebody at the, yeah, somebody was yelling, take off a point. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, no, sensitive. you don't. There's not really unsportsmanlike content. No. You can't really. You don't have unsportsmanlike It's fighting, not. right? So that's what, that's what makes fighting so interesting. But Frankie Edgar. His career, like Marlon Barrow, is like, he I think has, it's tough. I think Frankie, uh, you know, he's, know, pushing, know. he's 40, what? He's 40 now, 40. I think, like that. He's so, 40. And he just, but, you know, he lost San Hagen, unfortunately, KO, Marlon Barrow, yeah. KO. I don't see him getting much yeah. of a chance to go up again. But uh, like you said, Marlon Barrow now with a chance to fight someone in this top 10, yeah. hopefully. Uh, as we know, Rob Font, Jose Aldo, they're going yeah. to go out. Of course, San, San Hagen just fought. TJ Dillonshaw. Um, I don't know who he what wasn't he injured, I believe. Uh, yeah, he was injured. Yeah, That's so, why he didn't get the title fight. So we don't know who he's you know, and then uh Aljamain Sterling and Peter uh Peter Yang are gonna fight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's I don't know who the Marab uh uh he's ranked number seventh anyway in the bantamweight, but I don't know who Marlon Vera could be uh to could be fighting here right now. He could maybe Corey Sanhagen. No, I I feel like uh Later on. Like there, there's two ways that the UFC can go by this. Either it, it's up very up, it's up to Marlon Vera too. It's either um they put Marlon because Marlon Vera is, he's starting to become a big name in Bantamweight. A lot of people know who, who he is, right? Yeah. I think he I think he cracked the he cracked the top ten. I think. Yeah. I'm not sure, but yeah, he did. So he he's starting to become a big name. So either you because he's 28 years old and in you and fighting you 28 is actually pretty young. So mm-hmm. you can either put him against like a top three top five guy like in San Hagen or someone like TJ Dillashaw but he would be a, a, a huge underdog right but if he wins he's right there you know or you can put him against someone between like top six and top ten right yeah. that he would fight and then if he'd win he just slowly move up the rankings but it'd be up to Marlon Vera to to realize how oh, I'm, like, I'm sure he would want the top fight right to, to get he, his name up there it's easy to say it's easy to say you want That's the top true. fight but you don't really want a, a loss because he lost to Jose out last time he fought like a, but don't forget Frankie Edgar was ranked number eight here. So, and Frankie Edgar yep. is a very good fighter. Like, but, but he, uh, yeah, I just at, think it's because of his age. I don't see him like going yeah. forward. Like there's no drive for him to win yeah. anymore. So that's why I think it's just done for him. But uh, like, yeah, because now, you know, you have Pedro Munoz who's fighting uh Corey uh Corey, but, fighting. but he's going down in a way Pedro Munoz is leading yeah. the division okay so then you but then Cor- uh, Cody Garbrandt uh is gonna fight and so you know there's 
the availability, I guess he's just going to have to wait right now. And like you said, I, it, like, it surprises me that like fighters, like you're telling me that they're kind of scared of losing if they fight a top five fighter or something like that. No, it's, Is it know, like an experience thing? Like, do they think they don't have, yeah. like they need the experience or like, you don't think Marlon Vera would be willing to fight TJ Dillonshaw or something like that? I, I, I think you take that chance. Okay, he probably, yeah, he probably would want to fight, but yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Probably would want to fight, but obviously you need Corey Sanning and be like, yeah, like, yeah, because they just fought Corey, Corey Sanhagen and, and Marlon Vera is a week off of each other, their fights, right? Mm-hmm. So their timeline, they could potentially set up a fight for them mm-hmm. to uh, to get going. But uh, that's up to Dana White in the UFC. But that's yeah, just exactly. a potential fight that could happen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then the, the women's uh, fight, Eric uh, Namajunas, uh, Rose, the thug versus yeah. Jong Wei Lee uh, for the women's strawweight belt. Obviously, for some reason, uh well not for some reason but john whaley changed her uh her camp and stuff like that and uh you know she she ended up losing this fight obviously she was the favorite so now uh namajunas is the champ john whaley uh we thought i thought was gonna win namajunas for some reason on the ground the wrestling she was way better than john whaley uh which is right she she does wrestle uh uh rose she does. Uh, she she has one of the highest percentages in the division when it comes to taking uh, people down. So, but it was just I thought the extra training would have helped her. But um, yeah, I don't know. That that was a good fight, John Whaley. I don't know who else, close, who, yeah. who would she who she'd fight next, or uh, who Rose's fight would be in the women, uh, women's strawweight. But um, yeah, it, it'd be interesting uh, to to see that fight. It was so weird because I remember after the first three rounds, a lot of people had 30, 30 had a 30, 27. Yeah. Or even like everyone had Jean Wei Lee winning at close. that point. So I was very confident at that point. And then after the fourth and fifth, yeah, Rose just went back to the wrestling. Just yeah. wrestling. Like once you get that control time, it's I don't even honestly, I think Jean Wei Lee probably outstruck Rose, but it's just the fact that like the fifth round she's had control time it wasn't like it, it wasn't doing that like that much damage it's just control time but yeah. that's where the ufc is like it is mixed martial art at the end of the day if you're wrestling someone and you get to them the ground that is you're getting points there it's like even though you're not taking you're you're getting points you know yeah because i said th- i thought she was winning the fight the first two rounds i'd say she she had the pace yeah. and then three four five once it got to the ground, which I was shocked because like her new training, I thought they'd be training wrestling and takedown yeah. defense and stuff like that. But uh, no, the Rose obviously the best in the division. She's the best uh, in the division. So uh, uh, good for her. But uh, Eric, let's uh, talk about the main event of the evening: Usman versus Covington, the much anticipated rematch. Uh, Usman, obviously, we we had him at locked uh, for a win, which he uh, did end up with the. Uh, was it? It was unanimous. Unanimous division. Uh, what was it? Yeah. I have it here. The official score was 48, 47, 48, 47, 49, 46, Eric, 49, 46. Someone had a yeah. 10, eight for two rounds or something, something like that. Uh, no, no, they just had that. Means they only had Kobe winning. They only had Kobe, oh, Kobe winning, winning one. Round. Yeah. One round. Um, Eric, for your, your opinion. Yeah. Well, I'll say mine. Usman round one was a 10, nine. Usman round two was a 10, eight. Round four, um, these are my locks. Round four, I give 10-9 Covington. It's round, it's, and then round five, probably Usman 10-9. But round three, I like, well, I don't know if it was Covington or mm. if it was Usman. That one's a toss-up. That's the one everyone's kind of going back and forth with. But um, that was a, that was a much, what I say, I knew 
how many uh, takedown yeah, you, defenses did uh that Usman have? I knew Colby Covington was gonna shoot yeah. for the takedown. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I knew he was gonna go for it because I, I'm telling you, Usman's striking. First of all, we have a wow. There's a lot to unpack. But anyway, Colby Covington yeah. shot takedowns. <laughs> didn't uh, I mean his takedown defense was I think ten out of ten or something like that. But Covington yeah. should have been scored with a takedown. No, no, he did. Uh, Usman oh, did they, say that. Uz, okay, no, yeah, but they didn't score it. I think. No, I don't no, think no they, they didn't. But technically, yes. Usman did say. Usman said that he yes. took him down. Yes, yes, and Daniel Cormier was saying that uh, as well. Weird that they didn't count it. But here's a weird thing. So we're talking about Usman and, you know, his, his strength and his chin and stuff like that. But Covington, Eric, he stunned him a few times in that fight. Yeah. He stunned Usman. And what surprised me is the urge for him not to attack. Uh, Usman. He stunned him. And then I was like, okay, but like, where's the three, four? You give me the one, two, but where's the three, four? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he kind of laid off in my opinion where I was like, oh my God, like uh, he stunned him. He could jump on him and win this fight. And it, there, I didn't see that, which was shocking for, uh, for me to see from Colby Covington. I really thought if he saw Usman get hurt, he was going to start wailing, which he was. Some points he was wailing. He was missing a lot, but I really thought he, he you know, shoot for a takedown or something. I was just surprised. Now here's the question. Do we really believe Usman's chin is as strong as we thought it was. Oh my god, it is though. It is, it is, it is, it is. Stop playing. It Stop is playing. Kobe Covington's a good striker. Down. I know, I know he didn't get knocked down, but Kobe Covington's a good striker, but he's not the one of the you know Kuzman might Usman might be well I, I would I don't know who the best striker in that division is right now. It, uh, it's one it's either Wonder Boy or Jorge Masvidal realistically <laughs> okay yeah but uh so then I'd like but is it or what about Gilbert Burns he doesn't strike you know Gilbert Burns is a powerful striker he that's what I'm saying, so I'm saying I, I know yeah. it's not his main thing but like but I Gilbert Burns I just, did, I just I, he, I, yeah he did what Gilbert he Burns knocked him down that's what Gilbert Burns did knock down Kamaru so that's why I'm I just am. saying Usman showed a lot of these fighters in the division some 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 points of weakness where they can attack oh, yeah for sure yeah. I, I really because he did have a strong chin. Yeah, you're right. He didn't get knocked down. He did knock Colby Covington down twice in the second round. And that's why I was a 10-8. So, yeah, I'm not saying anything like that. I was just surprised that Colby Covington was able to stun Kamaru Usman as many times as he did in that fight. And I was just shocked he, he didn't jump on that. So, that's where I'm like, you know, can I trust? Like, Usman's, yeah, yeah he's, he's the GOAT of the welterweight. Not the GOAT, sorry. He's right now currently in that oh, welterweight. Yeah. He's the best. Uh, nowhere near GSP. I don't know why people Dana White said that he was better than GSP. That was so he's, like, don't forget, he doesn't like GSP. He's he's a don't forget he Dana White is a promoter, right? So you gotta promote your fighters. Sure, you got yeah, I guess. But uh Usman's not on GSP's level. Forget about it. Not there yet. He has what five title defenses right now. Five title is, six title fights, which is yeah, which is good. Six title fights, six, six title, title wins. Fight. But GSP, don't forget, he has 13 title fights. And he's a two-time, or not two-time, he's a two-division uh, yeah. winner as uh, well. Okay, but that, that that shouldn't hold too much weight because don't forget, it was Michael Bisping. Like, I understand yeah. Michael Bisping, but... Yeah, the middleweight division at the time was weak, and yeah, but yeah. I, I, I need to see, like, if Usman goes up and beats Adesanya, I'll crown him greatest of all time. Okay. Because the way Adesanya yeah. is fighting yeah. right now, and he would have that... Yeah, I mean, that'd be would, a good fight too, and that yeah. would make a lot of money. I would. Sorry, no, I'm wrong. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> if okay, Usman's got to keep going right now in the welterweight, yeah. killing it, whatever, and then he fights Adesanya at one point and wins. Okay, then we can we can discuss because okay, yeah, Michael Bisbane Adesanya. You know, it's it's like this. Obviously, him versus Adesanya. Yeah. If he were to win, that'd be much more yeah. than George versus Michael Bisbane. But yeah. 
But you have to see it like this, because don't forget, Usman when he came in the UFC, he's fought really good fighters, and he has he has 15 wins in the UFC and 15 fights, right? 15 fight win yeah. streak. The record is 16 by Anderson Silva. He's gonna break that. But he only got his title fight. Like it took him 11 fights or no nine fights to get the, a title shot. George St. Pierre got one in like three fights. So that's why there's like a huge gap, right? Even but it it, it, it took Usman a lot longer. So that's why. People are like giving Usman a bit more credit, but he de- he definitely isn't on George St. Pierre's level yet. But he is getting close, right? Because just on the fact that he's fought 15 times, he's won 15 times. And I'd say 11 out of 12 of those fights were against very, very good fighters. Because don't forget, he fought in non-title fights. He had to fight like Leon Edwards. He fought Sean Strickland. Like he, he still had to fight like uh, RDA. And these are non-title fights. So... He he still fought good competition, but obviously GSP he's still up there. But he hey, Kamaru's trying to catch up, you know. Oh so. yeah, oh he's definitely a breathing. But uh, as we know, Kamaru has been fifteen. You know that is a good for second on longest uh, uh, win streak, right yeah. behind Ad, uh, Addison and, so Anderson Silva. Sorry, I don't yeah. know why I'm saying Addison Ray, but Anderson <laughs> Silva, Anderson Silva was sixteen. So uh, yeah. yeah. You just got to fight one more person to tie the yeah. record. Um, so, Eric, what is next for Colby Covington? Uh, what's yeah. next for Kamaru Usman? As we know, Covington, he's already calling out Jorge, and Jorge yeah. has already been called out now. Jorge, first of all, has to fight Leon Edwards. And yeah. He has Colby Covington who wants to fight it, and he has Hamzat Chimaev uh, who called him out and wants to fight him. Yeah. So what's Covington got to do to get back to this title chase? So, yeah, exactly. Kamaru... Uh, realistically, what, what's very, it, not gonna lie, it's very tough for Kobe right now just because if Kamaru is still the champ, Kobe's gonna have to wait and wait until Kamaru, like, yeah, if, like, if Kamaru's like, there's there's no way he's gonna get a trilogy fight just on the fact that Kamaru was like not so dominant in the fight, but it was like, it wasn't like close, close. So it, it, he's gonna have to wait. I don't know if he's ever gonna get that trilogy, you know, like, he might have to wait a very long time. Yep. So that's why it's like, yo, Kobe, like, he, he, can, he can continue waiting because Kamaru has been hinting, like, oh, I'm getting old. I'm trying to get, like, all my fights, you know, yeah, like, my yeah. family, whatever. He's been talking about it. So people are like, oh, is he going to retire soon? Like, what? So I'd say Kobe, um, Hori, he'd destroy. First of all, he'd destroy Hori Masvidal. Everyone knows he'd destroy him. He'd be a huge favorite in that fight. Hori is just a big name that everyone wants to fight right now because he's a huge name. He's one of the biggest UFC, like, most popular UFC and they know they can beat him and he yeah realistically a lot a lot of people do believe he can beat him I honestly believe Leon's gonna be able to easily beat him but that that's gonna be a really close fight because Hori might win that and then because realistically if Hori beats Leon that Kobe fight that should happen that happened next that should be the next fight but yeah exactly but if Hori loses I, I, I I I and Leon's gonna get the title shot next so there's no way Kobe's gonna be able to fight Leon, so I'd say Kobe should fight like Hori at that, uh, not fight Hori, because Hori's gonna lose, right? Yeah. Because so, uh, true. true. Already- I, I I wonder if Kobe's thinking that now, because you know that that's a good mm-hmm. point to make. I, I wonder if he's thinking if Jorge loses, do I take this fight? Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, you got Vincente Luque. But, but he's a perfect match. He, Vincente Luque is a perfect matchup for Kobe. I think Vincente Luque versus Kobe, you make that happen. And really, Vincente Luque, he's good on the ground. He can strike. Exactly. He's powerful. Vincente Luque gets that win. He, he, he's going to be a huge... He's already a pretty decent big name. So once he gets that... Or even uh, put Kobe against Gilbert Burns because Gilbert Burns lost against 
uh, Kamaru, and yep. he's gonna have to wait a while too. So if Gilbert can get past Kamar, uh, Kobe, he should be right back in that title fight, uh, title shot. So it's tough. Yeah. Is Art, bro, should like Kobe just switch weights at this point? <laughs> just go, just go, go fight go Conor McGregor, fuck. Or yeah, or go go to one eighty five, go down 180. to one fifty five. Yeah, middleweight, no. But um, yeah, you're right because, like I said, I did mention this that Kobe, if he were to lose this fight, it, it would like it would hurt him in the division. Exactly. Because yeah. His arch nemesis, who is Kamaru Usman, he's zero two against him. Like, what, what else do you have? That was your whole. That was your. That's how you were selling your name to the UFC exactly. and selling all these tickets is because oh, arch nemesis, this rivalry, uh, the second fight, whatever. Now that's done. What do you have to do to sell yourself? Exactly. You know. Yeah, you go fight Jorge, and you know if he loses, you still stay with that fight against Jorge, who's lost. And you know, does that give you much hype uh, exactly. to move up the rankings? Or if Jorge, if Leon wins. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, if if Jorge loses, yeah. who does he fight next? Vincente Luque. I mean, that would be a big fight if Colby Covington were to come out to win or ca- yeah. came out with the win. That would be big for his name. But then you said Kamara. It's it's so tough right now for Colby Covington. Yeah, losing that fight put him in this bad, terrible situation, yeah. and I don't really think he cares anymore about the belt um, because you know he knows his name, uh, or his reputation right now yeah. just got destroyed by Kamara. So maybe he's just cashing it for the pay per views. But yeah. Vincente Luque would be a good fight. All right. Exactly. Is that quickly now? Max Holloway versus uh, Yair Rodriguez is happening this Saturday. Vegas fight. Eric, who do you like in that fight? Obviously, that's for the number one contender in the featherweight division. Who, who you got to go with? I think we already know. Okay, come on, Max Holloway. Easy. Like I'm so excited to see Max Holloway because anytime Max Holloway fight, it's it's an absolute bang. Like this guy is so like his striking doesn't get taken down. He's like he is so good at just MMA. Like he's such a like. Probably, I'd yeah. say my third favorite, like top three favorite fighters. I love Max Holloway. Uh, Yari Rodriguez, because, okay, this is, Max Holloway's in a similar spot, not as bad as Kobe, but he's in, he is in a similar spot where he lost twice yeah. to the champ, but his fights were so much closer. Exactly. Though. Both fights were, the second fight all, is a lot of people had Max winning that fight, like had, like on the scorecard, had him winning that fight. Even the first fight is, is pretty deba- debatable, right? So, that's why people are like, so see if you see Max, he just destroyed Calvin Qatar. He just yep. absolutely annihilated. He destroys Yair Rodriguez. He's he's fine. He's gonna get that trilogy, right? So it's like, but it, it's tough to get a trilogy fight when you already lost twice. And it's- I would say this: the fact that Max Holloway has already been the champ of the featherweight division yeah. gives him that that ability yeah. for that trilogy fight. Yeah. But it, like. This division right now, Vulcan obviously is just going to dominate and stuff. Yeah. And people are going to get tired of it. They want to see a good fight, and they know Max exactly. Holloway is going to exactly. give them that yeah. good fight, even though he's lost twice. They've been that's, great that's, two fights. That's why, yeah. And that's Brian Ortega. Max Holloway, and, yeah. Yeah. That's Max why I love that Max Holloway. Holloway he's showing that he's he's gonna he's gonna fight anyone. He he wants to get back in that title fight, and he's he's showing that he's way above all these other fighters. Calvin Qatar was a huge fraud, absolutely destroyed him. And I think Yari Rodriguez was a really good fighter. I think Max Holloway is going to show. How good of a fighter uh, yeah. Max is. is it? Go decision or is it ending KO TKO? You think uh, Max Holloway, or do you think he, he he tries to play it safe so he can claim that number one spot? Because the way Max Holloway fights, he, he he doesn't punch the hardest, but he punches you so many times it just fucks you up, you know? Yeah. So that's why. Um, I want to say I'm I'm gonna say decision, but I'm I'm gonna say Max Unanimous? Holloway dominates. Yeah, you not like dominates the fight, like something like a uh, hundred twenty plus strikes, which is really good for five. like I, I think can easily hit a hundred some i think it's gonna, he, he's gonna put on a masterpiece oh he always go. always comes through he, he 
you punch Calvin Qatar 400 times. <laughs> 400. Yeah. yeah. I don't know Yair Rodriguez personally. I don't know how he is with um, uh, that high str- uh, striking uh, uh, number. Like, is, is he going to be able to take all those punches or, you know, is he going to get knocked out, TKO'd? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But you heard it from Eric. If there is a bet you're looking for on Betway for this Saturday, it is Max Holloway uh, by <laughs> unanimous decision. Yeah. Lock it in. Uh, this has been another episode of the Ship and Zang Show. Uh, thank you for listening on Spotify or watching with us here on YouTube. Yeah. Next week, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see what we have. Uh, you know, yeah. wait for the sports world to uh, exactly. to get going next week. Uh, maybe it'll be hockey. You know, we haven't talked hockey in a while. There's nothing really to talk about with the Canadians. I mean, yeah. guys, sadly enough. It's could be the end for the Canadians this season early. They have to play like 600 something hockey to make the playoffs in the Atlantic. Doesn't look too good right now. So whatever. But uh, hey, but the, the yeah. Detroit Red Wings, though. Oh hey, we're God. looking all bad. What's going on Luke with the NHL? Detroit, Buffalo are up. Like, I want like what, what month is it? Gonna, is it going to be December where it goes back to reality? Everyone's just going to wake up like. Man. Oh, there you go. Detroit shit, Buffalo shit, and Montreal. We have the still two shit. Calder favorite. Right? We have the two Calder favorites right now. Our team's looking good. Hey, I'm, I don't want to talk too much. Knock on wood. Uh, Listen, if Detroit wins, or if Detroit makes the playoffs, oh my god, I think you I'll have sh- to be a Detroit. You have to be a Detroit fan for the playoffs. I, I think I'll shave my eyebrow if they make the playoffs. Shake on it. Shake on it right now. Shake on yeah, it right if they, now. If they, if they, I'll, I'll fucking shake on it right now. Detroit. Hey, shake is, on it right now. Okay, this is gonna fine. get clipped. Detroit is not making the playoffs. I'll shave my eyebrow if they make the playoffs. No. Okay. Perfect. Well, I'm not shaving both. Fuck. Or maybe I should. Hey, shave. I don't know. You, maybe, you get notch. You get notch. Get a notch. Get a notch. I'll get a notch. I'll get an. I like okay. that. I'll, I'll get a notch if Detroit. Or maybe the whole thing. I don't know. I'm so confident though that okay. they don't make the goddamn playoffs. No chance. Just a nice run. It's good for Detroit. This is good. This is good for Detroit, Eric. It's good for them. <laughs> good for the fans. Good for the team. They got people in the stands. <laughs> so they're winning, but then they'll start <laughs> So thanks again. We'll see you uh, in the next episode. Peace. Roll the outro!